you've got a story, I've got a story, we've got a story. I'm Brad McEwen, and I'm here to tell that story. This is Beyond the Bank. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another exciting episode of ABT's Beyond the Bank, where we seek to highlight the amazing people and organizations that make the Albany area community so special. Today, I'm thrilled to welcome my latest guest, Albany Community Together President and CEO, Dr. Thelma Adams Johnson. Good morning, Ms. Thelma. Thank you for coming in today. Good morning, Brad. You know, it's really cool to have you on today. You know, I always cherish opportunities to interview folks I've spent some time with in the past, but I really get excited when I have the opportunity to chat with somebody that I've admired from a distance, but haven't had an opportunity to get to know. So again, thank you for taking the time to come in here. I'm really, really excited. You're welcome. Now, there's any number of topics that you and I could talk about today, but what I'm most interested in doing is learning a little bit about the important work you guys are doing at Albany Community Together. And then I'd like to find out a little bit more about who Thelma is and where this passion for community improvement comes from. Does that sound like a good plan? It does. It does. Fantastic. Fantastic. So, Ms. Thelma, why don't you go ahead and give me the quick rundown on what Albany Community Together is and what the organization hopes to achieve? Okay. Albany Community Together is a community development financial institution, uh, better known as a CDFI. We're certified by the Department of Treasury. We provide access to capital, coaching, and connections for small business owners operating in distressed communities. And Albany definitely fit that description. I think so. <laughs> we provide loans up to $250,000. We can partner with the bank or we do some direct loans when the applicant can't get approved at the bank for whatever okay. reason. We may come in and help mitigate the risk the bank undertakes. Uh, the Albany Community Together was started out of a disaster. 1994 flood. Okay. Four of the here. local banks. And you talked about uh, Loop Flat. Mm-hmm. Loop Flat was at Regions. And was. Regions was one of those banks that actually birthed Albany Community together uh, with the city. The city made up. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> the city uh, provided capital to get it started along mm-hmm. with the banks to provide operational funding for the start of Albany Community together. And it didn't work out. That structure did, just did not work out. It was just to focus on South Albany. And so the structure was still there. The infrastructure was there when the city left and the banks bailed out. We saw that there was still a need to provide access to capital to those businesses and those populations that cannot get it from traditional sources. And what our goal is, is to create bankable customers. We want to transition those customers to the bank. We are there to provide the business development services, that back office operation knowledge that they may not have when they go to the bank. We help them to understand their financials from the business perspective. We help them to understand the language, what's the meaning of a balance sheet, income statement, and a cash flow, and what a lender looks at. And we also go over the importance of credit. When you don't have collateral, how can you leverage your credit? And that's what we do. We do more of character-based lending than collateral-based lending. It's not to say that we don't want collateral or good credit, but you know we we're not going to turn you away. I'm we're gonna you. we're gonna find a way to get to a yes. I got you. So really trying to rem- remove some of the impediments that have been present in communities like Albany for a long time. That's correct. Now, and I want and really it's just follow ups to make sure I'm I'm clear. So it sounds to me like uh, so we this was something else before, and I'm it's all starting to come back because once upon a time I was with Luke over at Regents. And um, 
So I understand kind of the genesis, but it is definitely focused more on like business than personal. It is. Talk to me about that. We are a business lender. We do only business loans. We do do a credit builder loan for a business owner. So you have many CDFIs. Some do housing. Mm -hmm. Some do consumer lending. But we only focus on business because we understand the importance of our community of having economic development opportunities and access to capital coaching and connections to grow a business, to create sustainable wealth. And that's what we're about. So roughly when you get, you know, when you're meeting with clients down there, is it mostly startup businesses or are these businesses that have already been established and maybe you're looking at a, who's your typical client? Well, it's a, a combination of all three. You know, we may have a startup. We may have a business that's in between growth that is growing and we may have a high growth business. So we may have an existing business that's looking to expand. We've done light manufacturing. We've done mom and pops. We've done uh, several different types of businesses. It's whatever make that need our services. And we get referrals from banks that they are not able to do the total package. Say if there is a gap, we can come in and be the gap filler. I gotcha. And I imagine that's pretty uh, important when you've got somebody who's looking to purchase an established business. We run into that a lot. You know, there's that enterprise value. It's worth this to the guy who owns it. But the reason it's been successful is that guy owned it. And now you got new owners. And I used to always run into that when I did commercial <laughs> lending. People didn't understand. That. Like, well, now you're running it. We got to make sure you're going to have that type of success. Now, one thing I'm really interested in, and let's talk about this for a second, Ms. Thelma. You talked about the consulting services, the helping folks understand the terminology, the things that just generally go into doing business. Um, talk to me a little bit about the advisory stuff that you do and why that is so important, because we see it in the bank all the time. <laughs> folks come in with ideas and then you get to talking to them and they haven't thought about things like what their receivables turn time is going to be and how they're going to you know, overcome that gap. So. Talk to me a little bit about that. It's, it's very important, very important, because you can you can understand, you, you know how to build the widget, but you may not know how to get it to the market. You may not know how to do your price point. What is the right price point for this product? And many business owners have never thought about that. They just know that they can do this very well. And I'm, I'm a very good cook or I'm a very good stylist or whatever the business is. But we help them to make the connection between their business and their revenues. You want to realize capital from your business. Cash is king. And so we help them to understand what a cash flow says about your business. And what is it saying to a lender? We're looking at the cash in and the cash out and helping them to understand that there are some non-cash expenses on the income statement and the difference between a cash flow statement and income statement and why you want to present both and what it how it can help you to get to a yes. Mm -hmm. When sometimes for us, the answer is clearly a no. But if we can see the cash in the business and we can see that the balance sheet is strong and we help them to understand that, too, it's the financial position for your business, why you need it, what it says about your business, even your personal financial statement. So we are educating them when they don't have the back office operations to help them through that. And we can help them with our workshops. We have a series of workshops that are going on right now. We are an SBA community navigator. Uh, we're part of that hub. That is out of Atlanta with the Georgia Microenterprise Network. We're a spoke in Albany, Georgia, and those classes are offered for free. We're offering QuickBooks classes, uh, tax preparation classes, and also understanding your financial statements. And that's totally free. All of it is free. 
So what does a person have to do to, to get involved <laughs> with these things? Go to our Facebook page, uh, <laughs> albanycommunitytogether.com. Look on LinkedIn. They can follow me or they can follow Albany Community Together. We have an Instagram. I don't know the handle. <laughs> but I won't tell. <laughs> if they just follow us or just Google Albany Community Together, we have them on our website, www.albanycommunitytogether.com. And they just register. There's There are links on the website to register. Gotcha. It talked to me and share. And I know you can't share a lot, everything that you do. I mean, there's a certain level of confidentiality. Mm-hmm. You know, roughly how many folks are y'all working with at any given time? Oh, wow. You know, from and, and I know this because we had our meeting yesterday with uh, Navigator program. We had served 137 individuals that that's that means each unique individual that is either through a phone call or someone scheduling an appointment to talk about starting a business or getting a business loan or one on one coaching. And then we've done I, I don't have the number, but, you know, last year we did over two million in loans. And since COVID, COVID, we started our port, our net assets was like two point one million. And now we're at seven point two million in net assets. Wow. It's pretty strong. And that money went into local businesses. Well, we served 38 counties. Okay. And that was the thing. We we saw the need was great, not just in Albany and Doherty County, but in the Southwest Georgia area. Yeah. So we cover Southwest Georgia. We go up to Macon and we also do Columbus. Okay. okay. Now, um, you mentioned earlier and two million last year. That's pretty strong in in, in the business realm. Uh, for a community like ours or just an area like Southwest Georgia. You had mentioned earlier that sometimes you're just an intermediary that kind of helps people get their ducks in a row, helps them become bankable. But then you also mentioned that you can do some direct financing. How does that piece of what you do work? Well, it depends on the project. And if we get a referral from the bank, then we're doing the gap. If they come in directly, they've gone to the bank, they have a denial letter for whatever reasons, they couldn't get the lending from the traditional financial sources, we can do a direct loan up to 50000 And we're looking at that borrower's ability to repay. So that's why that cash flow statement is very important. And if they don't have one, we will help them to draft one so we can talk to them about that that cash flow statement. You got you. Now, cash flow is an interesting thing. And I wonder, you know, and I don't want to get too technical for our listeners, but one of the things I run into or have in the past when I was actively a loan officer was the gap in understanding between what a person can make doing that and what they're currently doing as they get started. Is that an issue that you deal that you have to overcome a lot? Folks not really understanding that you got to have some of that before you're even in business. (laughs) Well, what we come up against is if they come to us and it's a startup business, they have to make sure that we can understand the business can be sustained. And that is through those projections. Mm-hmm. And we walk them through that. And it, and understanding cash flow, we just simply say it's cash in and cash out. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't have enough cash at the end of the month, then you're not in business. That's right. And we try to explain, you know, some businesses will have negative cash, you know, but some restaurants maybe. But, but there needs to be a plan <laughs> to get it out of there. It, it has to explain that negative cash is not there, actually negative cash. Right. You know, so we actually help them to understand what that financial statement is saying. And that's why that business development, those business development services are so important. Yeah, I would think that that would be super critical uh, in helping people. I mean, heck, I know when I started doing some of this in the bank, I didn't really, I'd never been a business owner. I didn't really know some of that stuff. And just thinking of what I had to learn, 
to do my job as a banker and then think of what somebody would have to learn, but they're busy trying to do the actual thing they're trying to do. It's just cool to know that we've got resources like that. Because I don't think that a lot of people. You know, we've been told that we're the best kept secret. <laughs> and that's why I'm so in, I'm happy to be here so we can broadcast this and let them know that we're here yeah. to service all businesses. But well, we focus on BIPOC populations because there have been those individuals that have not had access to traditional capital sources. Now, based on the time frame you told me about, you hadn't always been with Albany Community Together. How did you get over? <laughs> well, I have worked um, <laughs> for, I was working at the city at the time, and then I went to the State Department of Community Affairs. I was a regional resource coordinator providing technical assistance and consulting services to local governments. And the city started this revolving loan fund to address the businesses that were affected by the flood in South Albany. And I was recruited to come back as the loan officer. And when the the organization fell apart, the then executive director, president, CEO, she left. Gotcha. uh, Without notice. Oh, fun. Yeah. So. It's kind of inherited it. (laughs) But but what we had, uh, we had an infrastructure. And doing the research and having found out, you know, we could not survive with one source of funding mm-hmm. that was coming totally from the city. And so we began to diversify our funding sources and look into becoming a community development financial institution, broadening our reach, going outside of Albany, Doherty County. And that's how we ended up doing 38 counties and have grown from that 250,000 net assets to uh, 7.2 million. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Now. You know, let's talk a little bit about those funding sources. Is it all of those 38 municipalities? What other pools of, of money are you able to pull from to do, what, to do what you're trying to do? Well, we get funding from Community Development Financial Institution, Department of Treasury. They have an annual competitive grant. Ooh. And for the last four years, we've received an award. So that is very, very good because everybody doesn't get an award. It's, it's a very competitive process. In 2020, we got a million-dollar grant from Wells Fargo, open for business. We've gotten funding from Grow with Google and Opportunity Finance Network. There are many foundations that have funded us. We've been funded by Sapelo Foundation. Uh, so it's it's not just those local governments have not provided us with any funding. I'm with you. We don't get any funding from the city to operate. Okay. Uh, we're now operating by our very own cash flow and our very own internally generated cash that covers operations, our spread on our loans. So as a business manager, as the president CEO of Albany Community Together, I have to do just what I tell the business owners to do. Make sure that we are our profit margins are there, mm-hmm. that we can cover operations, that mm-hmm. we are charging sufficient on our spread to uh, realize internally generated cash so we can stay in business and getting our monies revolved back into the door. Well, let's talk a little bit about that part. Not, (laughs) not necessarily from like a collection standpoint, but you know, I am fascinated to just to know from a, from a pricing and and structure standpoint, you know, you're dealing with some startups, you're dealing with people that obviously had a hurdle that they've got to overcome, but you're also dealing with a little bit of a, higher risk because you've got folks that maybe aren't as established and don't have the track record to know what to do when incident X occurs. (laughs) So how does, how does the structure and the pricing of that type of funding, how does that work? Well, the best money is 
free money. (laughs) (laughs) That grant money, you know, and we have to price that even even though it's free, we have to really look at the time it takes to the the pre part, the pre technical systems, that time that we spend with that borrower trying to get them ready for a loan. And so and and if we're if we're going to borrow money, we get program related investments from us from a foundation or from a bank foundation. And then if that money is 4%, then we got to look at the difference between what it's going to cost us to provide services. And we look at that individual, because when we look at a loan, we're looking at the global debt service, not just the debt service for our loan Mm -hmm. or that particular project that we're looking at, because we want to make sure that we're leaving a borrower in a better position. We're all about, it's a part of our mission to help them to create wealth. Is that, do you run into too much difficulty help getting people to understand that? No. And I think that's the CDFI's kind of sweet spot. We build relationships. And that technical system speaks that one-on-one when they're going through the application process, we're getting to know them. We're listening to them. And, and, and people tend to pay who they know. Absolutely. Yeah. They, t- so. they do. <laughs> and, they're, and they're certainly going to, when they feel that somebody's gone out on a limb or done something to, above and beyond to help them out, that, that tends to make people want to do the right, right thing, as it were. All right. All right. Well, now, I think I've got a pretty good feel for what you're doing. Um, really like the sound of it. And it's just neat to think that got something like that in Albany that not everybody knows is out there. Um, in fact, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. He's in Athens, but he was talking about some job things, some some ideas he had, And but he's a nurse and he's like, I don't know when I'd ever be able to have the time and the money away from what I get being a nurse to actually do something. So we were talking about start with a business plan and all that. And there's that's got to be one of literally thousands of people walking around that have an idea actually do something now hearing you talk about this film i can tell uh, that you really like what you do talk to me a little bit about you got asked to come back be the loan officer then the thing starts to fall apart the director just up and leaves you're kind of stuck there you know that would be a good opportunity and a good time for thelma to decide you know maybe i don't want to do this talk to me about you personally thinking through not only taking that original job, but deciding to stick around and throw yourself. Well, I have to go back to when I took the job with Department of Community Affairs. That job required me to be on the road at night and it was before cell towers everywhere. So I would be in some communities where I had no cell reception and I'm afraid of bad weather. And I remember one night I was coming back and I was on 62. It was raining. It was storming. And I just said, I began to talk to God. I said, if I get home, I just need to have something so I can be home and with my children and get off this road. And so when they asked me to come back, I had that conversation with the executive director, president CEO. And I explained to her, I'm a family person. You know, my children come first. So if I'm if I come to work and they get sick, I'm not going to look for someone else to take them to the doctor. That's my responsibility. And I asked her, could she deal with that? And she said, yes, sure. You know, my children come first, my family. And she said, okay. So we came back. It was almost like I I left a job. I was not looking for a job. And when it fell apart, I, I 
I went into her office and I sat in the chair and I said, okay, God, um, I'm here. So what am I supposed to do? I know you didn't leave me here mm-hmm. without a plan. And I heard it just as clear as day. You have a job. Look around. You have to work this. And I just began to do that. And that's been from day one. And without the title, I was still the loan officer. Mm-hmm. And it was only two people in the office that day. It was an administrative assistant and myself. And she said, when is the last day? I said, it's not going to be a last day. We're going to work. We're going to work. And we, and I began to do research. We could not be the anomaly. We were not the only ones doing this. It had to be a model. And so I began to look for trade organizations, uh, kind of groups that could help me. Mm-hmm. And that's how it was birthed. And then we rebranded, we expanded, uh, reworked our board, reworked the mission. And we are here today. Boom, off to the races. <laughs> you know, wow, there's some there's a real beautiful thing in there, um, uh, about just seizing the opportunity and just saying, Hey, I got something I need to do. I can do this. I'm just gonna figure it out. I love that. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. And I bet you look for a little bit of that when you're talking to people who are coming into your doors. You know, what what commitment level do you have? What are you willing to do? And that's beautiful. Now, I want to back up even further, Ms. Thelma, and talk about how you got into this type of work, doing financing for folks, even going back to Department of Community Affairs. Give me a little bit about your your background <laughs> from little Thelma all the <laughs> way up. <laughs> well, I guess I've always been an entrepreneur. My dad was a, a contractor. He built homes, <laughs> and he, he had a very good skill. And yet, I'm one of 13. And on Friday, he would always draft uh, a child to come in and help him with his payroll. (laughs) And as we got older, I got drafted into that position. And it was almost like a lot of the terms he would use, I wouldn't understand. And but I began to realize that this is how we live. This is how he's he's providing for us. And I was not a bad student. So (laughs) I was Miss FBLA. <laughs> and I'm, I'm a, a graduate of work at a high school. So, and when I, but when I went off to college, I wanted to major in psychology. Okay. And I had to take an elective, and I took accounting as an elective. Gotcha. And I liked it. You know, so I had gone through accounting courses, record keeping in high school, participating in FBLA. So I had a I had a natural fit for it. And after I took that accounting class, one of the accounting instructors, and I'm a graduate of Albany State, being Albany State College. Go Rams. And I. <laughs> hey, I'm part of the Ramley. And he talked to me, he said, have you ever considered majoring in business? And I was like, you know what? I really don't want to do business. I was trying to run from that. And then huh. I came back to it and I got an accounting degree. And my first job I went to work for, I won't name it, a local company here. It was a corporation manufacturer. And I was in the office and I couldn't see anything. And I'm just working. I didn't know whether it was raining outside. I didn't know whether it was day. And it was just routine work. And I knew it was not for me. And I left the job. I didn't have a job. So, and and then the flood happened. I went to work part-time for FEMA. And it was just something about helping people to be restored 
helping people get access and helping people realize that they can do it. And I think that's when the bug bit me. And from FEMA, then I went to work for the city. I worked for the city as an economic developer, uh, economic development specialist. And that's when I, and then I left the city and went to Department of Community Affairs. And going around the state, the Southwest Georgia, it was Region 10. Mm-hmm. There was so much need and people were always looking for information. Yeah. It was like teaching them how to do it instead of giving them something for that day and they would be better off. And, and I just love doing it. I like that. Now, um, sounds like you had an interest for business, natural information, grasp for numbers, but not miss FBLA if you also don't have a good work ethic. So talk to me a little bit about where that comes from. <laughs> well, <laughs> Well, I guess that would come from my family, my uh, my mom and dad, you know, having to make sure that we're a- you're able to provide for yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and and it's you that sets your own destination. It's you that that makes sure that you're going to be the best person that you are. You know, you can you you're giving gifts, you're giving talents, you're giving purposes and you should not waste them. You know, God has gifted you with certain things and use them. Like now, were were your mom and dad uh, commu- active in community? Were the community minded folks? I mean, because what you're doing is good for the, the individuals who are, you know, starting a business. is good for you. It's good for the organization. But it, in the day, it's really great for the community to have thriving businesses, and then the things that businesses bring to a community has community always kind of been a thing? You know, I don't think they even realized that they were community advocates or people advocate. Uh, My dad would always bring home someone in need. And my mom would always feed them or provide clothing. We were always interfacing with people that had a need that they were trying to service. And so I think by them exemplifying that and being an example that we know that we knew that we were givers, we were taught to give, uh, to be there for people, to provide resources when you had the means. And you don't have to be wealthy with money to be able to give to someone. No doubt about that. I remember my dad used to say, you know, when I was growing up, we didn't have a lot of money, but we had a lot of love. So you just <laughs> gave hugs. That's all you got. <laughs> But I like that notion. I like that notion. Now, um, I know that, you know, Albany Community Together isn't the only thing that you're involved in. Uh, so talk to me a little bit about some of the other stuff that you got going on that fills your day when you're not focused on trying to help somebody uh, get a successful business. Well, I am the chairperson for the Downtown Development Authority. Uh-huh. <laughs> Been doing that quite some time. Um uh, it, it brings me joy to see a project come to life and being able to structure a project to happen mm-hmm. and being able to find resources for a project and incentivize a project. And also, I am the chair of the Albany Doherty Land Bank. Tell me, for our listeners, talk, tell us a little bit about the Doherty Land Bank. The land bank is charged with bringing those properties that have taxed delinquent or dilapidated and just not being taken care of and putting them back on the tax roll. So we can take properties and provide them for sale to a citizen 
and a citizen probably would rehab it and put it back on the tax roll. And you know, when it's rehabbed and the value goes up. Mm. So we're helping to uh, revise our community and eliminate some of the slum and blight. Gotcha. gotcha. Now, how does that work when in dealing with the private, like if it's a private citizen that owns this piece of property, how does that? Well, if they're tax delinquent, we can force a tax sale. Well, I didn't think. <laughs> so that's normally how we acquire the property. If it's tax delinquent, then they're not taking care of it. Maybe no one owns it. Maybe there's there are no heirs, you know, and it's just on the tax rolls. Mm-hmm. But it's not the taxes are not being paid, and the property is continuing to be overgrown. And we can force a tax sale. How long have you been doing that? Since its inception. The land bank has been around about three years. And forgive me, that was one I just wasn't up on. Making a little note here. <laughs> <laughs> and also in the Albany Chamber. Well, I knew about that, too. <laughs> knew about that. Now, um, you know, how long have you been? Talk to me a little about your, your, your chamber act. Well, I'm a member of the Small Business Committee. I'm not as, as since when I committed to the committee, I haven't been as active as I would like to be because Albany Community Together takes so much of my time during the day trying to make sure that we're still in operations. And, and since COVID, it's just so much recovery for small businesses to be done. And I'm pulled away so much to meetings to advocate on behalf of our businesses I'm a member of national organizations as well that advocate on behalf of small businesses to Congress and make sure that we have the the funding, make sure we have the the policies in place for businesses to be able to recover and sustain. You know, I'm glad you mentioned COVID. I didn't even think about how that might impact what you guys were doing. Did you see, did you have a, like an, a lot of your clients, I guess, did you they come to you did you were y'all involved at all with ppp processing and all that type of stuff well we actually didn't process ppp no. but we helped with applications gotcha and we had some contacts that we could refer them to other cdfis around the country that were doing ppps or other banks and we would make sure that they had the documentation to apply we our portfolio at the beginning of COVID. In April, we had 40% of our portfolio was in deferment. You know, they were not able to make a payment. But then we were able to get some subsidy funding from a funder to help pay the interest rate for that period. I got you. And so that with that payment, the interest rate kept us in business. And in going back to COVID, we had our annual end of the year meeting in December 2019. Okay. And so I had been praying for the organization, praying for uh, growth, for sustainability. For And I said to the staff at our meeting that we had at the Flint, we had partied. It was nice and everybody was feeling good. And I said, you know, uh, God, I said, 2020 is going to be your year. And I said to the staff, 2020 is going to be our year. And March 15th, when everything shut down, I was like, okay, uh, God, 2020 is not turning out like it's going to be our year. How can that be? But it it was, you know, and I set up shop 
in the patio in my home and just open up the laptop. And after May, when the George Floyd incident happened mm-hmm. and everybody wanted to write the ship, the equity investments, oh, how do we provide funding to your organization? How do we help you to service those people in your community? They're in need to access the capital, those black, black and brown businesses. How do we help those low-income businesses, those low-income people uh, realize the American dream of owning a business? And it was like the floodgates were open. And at the beginning of COVID, I said we had 2.1 net assets, and then we end up with 7.2 million. So it was. God was faithful. Works. Yeah. Funny how that works. <laughs> and you know what I want to say this, too? If it, yes, if it had been like normal, it, it, you have to be able to see God when it doesn't look like it should happen. I'm with you. And so with COVID and we're in a full pandemic, we're closed down. I'm working from home and we were not even equipped to work from home. Mm-hmm. We had to get set up so everybody can log into their computers well, from remote. And, you know, it is that's when he shows you that this is me. So if it had been any other way, then somebody would have been able to say it was me. It was you. It was you know, whoever took credit. But I know that it was the faithfulness that he had said in 2019 was shown in 2020. Awesome. I love hearing stories like that. I really do. And do you feel like, you know, as we kind of move more into a state of normalcy, I mean, most of the businesses that you deal with that are affected, they're coming out okay. They're where they need to be, or at least on the right track. They are, surprisingly. We are, we're being, we're staying connected with them. We talk with them, almost all of our bars, if they're not able to make a payment, we're catch it quick. We can do some modifications. We are very creative and we can do interest only. We can do anything to help them get over that hurdle. I'm with you. And so that's that relationship. And once they see that we're there, that we don't rush to repossess, we don't rush to foreclose. Our whole goal is to keep you in business. And make sure that you can realize that wealth that you want to create and sustain for your family. And how does that make you feel, uh, Thelma? When because I, I can imagine as you've been doing this, you've probably seen some pretty awesome success stories. How does that make you to see somebody that, that maybe just had an idea, but because you all were able to provide some guidance and counseling and then even some capital to then, you know, let's say it's all paid back now and you just get to sit back and see this success. What is that? When you see that, what goes through your mind, through your heart? Well, that they just needed an opportunity, you know, opportunity provided, opportunity to access, opportunity to capital, coaching and connections. This is what can happen when a person is given an opportunity. And it, And a lot of times it's just, Hear me, and, yeah, and, yeah. And, and give me a little <laughs> advice. And, and it makes me feel that if I had the ability to help and the ability to do that, I did the right thing. Like that. Now, talk to me a little bit. We'll kind of get toward wrapping at this point, but I'm trying to think of the best way that I want to phrase it. <clears throat> this is when the podcast always gets really fun when you have to kind of work <laughs> off of the. Uh, you know, you don't like to have too many prepared questions, but how do you feel about future of this community of Southwest Georgia based on the vantage point that you have? 
Well, I think the future of this community is going to lie in us being able to come together and really address our issues that we've not allowed to be exposed, uh, racial issues, mm-hmm. racial discontent, uh, a lack of equity for people in our community and not being inclusive. You know, and I think that little tagline slogan, uh, we're better together, mm-hmm. should be taken to heart. You know, and we just need to look at every person for the value that they can bring. Until we come together as a community to work, to lift our community, we're going to still be fighting the same things. Like it's tiresome. Very. So what... Uh... What could you recommend uh, somebody who hears this podcast says, I want to get involved with something else. I want to get involved with the gap. I want to get involved, you know, maybe a retired person that, you know, had success in business that's at a point where I want, I want to do like the next guy. Uh, what can the sort of average Albanian or Southwest Georgian do to support these efforts? Well, you know, one thing that many people can do is serve on a city or county board, uh, citizen board, uh, get involved in an organization that you feel that is near and dear to your heart, uh, even if your church can start a ministry to address some of the issues, or your church may already have a ministry, but make it all inclusive and begin to look at the work that you do through a DEI equity lens, mm-hmm. a racial equity lens. You know, am I doing my part? Mm-hmm. And when we live in a community that's 72% Black and you look at the people and you look at the numbers. We all know the demographics. We all know the statistics. And just ask yourself, am I doing my part? And what can I what can I do to do better? Yeah, you know, I love that notion. It's it's I don't know why it's so hard sometimes for folks to look through that a lens that way. What can I do them versus what can I do? Right. Right. So, you know, it would seem so simple, <laughs> but I'm convinced it's kind of at the root of a lot of our issues across a lot of different spectrums. Sometimes we have to be able to deny ourselves and look at another person. You know, and when I see someone, I always say, you know, if not, but for that could have been me. And if you know, if we take that approach, if not, but for that could have been me. And then you'll you'll have compassion. You will look at it a little different. And you say, well, what makes me different that I'm not there? Yeah. Now, is there anything else going on in the community that you're passionate about that you feel like, you know, you just kind of want to spread the word to the rest of the community or share with them? Hey, this thing's going on. or Hey, you can be part of this, too. Anything like that? Well, I would like to share with them that Albany Community Together is open for business. <laughs> we have funds to lend if you want to start a business, if you're looking to grow your business or expand your business, you can give us a call at 229-420-4600 or look us up, www.albanycommunitytogether.com. And we're on Facebook and we have classes, workshops, and they're free. We're here to serve, to be the resource for your small business. Oh, I love it. Well, Ms. Thelma, thank you so much for coming in and chatting with me this morning and, and sharing a little bit about Albany Community Together and a little bit about yourself. I can see now why so many folks that uh, I enjoy spending time with have mentioned that you needed to be on. So I'm really glad that we had the opportunity to sit down. Thank you. Better to do. Thank you. All right.
Well, folks, that wraps our latest Beyond the Bank. Be sure to tune in next time when we talk to some more of the amazing people that make Albany, Georgia and the surrounding area such an incredible place to live in. Bye.